Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on a game day. The Edmonton Oilers in Ottawa to play the Senators. 3 o'clock puck drop Mountain Standard Time. Miko Koskinen against Marcus Hopewerk. Hogberg, Hogberg. What are we going with anyway? Who cares? Uh, I'll say Hogberg. Uh, just, uh, I know that last night Doug McLean was on with Reed Wilkins, and uh, we're going to have David Staples on at 105 from the Cult of Hockey because he picked up on this. And I guess there was an inference made that the Edmonton Oilers uh, would be, are in on Taylor Hall. It is my belief, just so everybody's aware that the Boston Bruins and the New York Islanders, two teams that I think are unequivocally in win-now positions, are certainly uh, active on the Hall uh, front. Would not surprise me if both general managers would want to talk to Taylor Hall uh, before consummating a trade. I I would consider Edmonton to be an extreme long shot at this time uh, just because of the Oilers' limited cap space. Uh, the teams in LTIR and their limited trade capital to realistically be a significant player for Taylor Hall at this stage. I guess it can be proven wrong. At this time, at the deadline, all bets are off come the summertime. We'll see how, you know, if I was Darren Ferris, I'd probably look to do something similar to what Tyson Berry has done and go to a place where you know you're going to be able to put up points and have some success, and Barry's sitting here with 32 points, and obviously Hall with just two goals in 37 games this year is still, in my opinion, a uh, very good top six NHL forward. I'll be, I mean, so he's got like a 2.5% shooting percentage. That's not going to happen every year. So my guess is Hall is going to bounce back next season, but for the multitudes of those of you that are texting me on the Ashley Five Floors text line, no, I don't see Edmonton being a significant player in on Taylor Hall at this time. I'm sure Doug McLean has his sources. It just, to me, doesn't make a lot of sense. I uh, do want to mention to you, Royal Pizza, Pizza Past, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. All April, enjoy a free two-liter Coke product with the purchase of two large pizzas, like the one that Cam Moon brought in today, brought in the Mediterranean chicken and the Texan. You can order online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. It's a happy day down here at the 630 Chad Road broadcast studio. That I can tell you. As we go off to our one and only Brian Lott from the NHL Network brought to you each Wednesday by Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Brian, how are you doing? 
fantastic, Bob. How are you? Good. Did I give you enough of a window there? You good to go here? You did. I've never seen anybody stretch better than you. Oh, don't. <laughs> the problem is I never stretched enough when I was younger. Now I'm too fat to stretch, so <laughs> I just kind of roll. It's not really a stretch. Uh, okay. Hey, let's get to the – just because we've got a lot of people texting, and we're going to have Staples on again at 105. He aggregated the story last night off of uh, Doug McLean's appearance. I personally believe – that Hall would be a long shot for Dave Tippett to... I mean, we just had Dave on the show saying money in, money out. Uh, I looked to an organization like the Islanders where they've got a hole because of a significant injury in their lineup uh, or potentially Boston who've got some wiggle room. I look to those two clubs as maybe being uh, better potential suitors. I'd like to get your thoughts uh, on that regarding a guy like Taylor Hall out of Buffalo or for that matter, Kyle Palmieri out of New Jersey. Uh, I think they're both quality players. I think that uh, to be completely transparent, you and I have talked about a theory on Taylor, one that you created. You're the first person I heard it from in terms of maybe not quite being 100%, part of the reason why maybe two goals and the numbers aren't where they'd add. I'd say that that situation overall has contributed to that as well. Uh, And your theory obviously was potentially – related to having COVID. I certainly uh, believe that was the case with Mika Zabinajad. Look at how he's playing now. Yep. I think he's through it and he's dominating. Now, does somebody want to take that risk? Because you don't know. If the, if you believe that theory, then would you be willing to make that bet? I would, personally. Yeah, so, and so we, should, we should educate the listeners. We're talking about a thing called... Uh, post-COVID fatigue syndrome. Some guys may be trying to come back too quickly from it. Uh, Zabanajad had a very uh, slow start to the season. People were wondering what the hell was going on, and he finally got up and running, but he had pretty good support uh, with, you know, when you're sitting there playing with the likes of our Timmy Panarin. Uh, and in Hall's case, you know, he, I think he tried to play and gut his way through things for Ralph Kruger. I mean, geez, he took a slap shot off the face and came back in the same game. I I know for a fact that in NCAA football, there were programs that were just shutting their players down. They were like, no, you're not coming back this season. You're not playing. We're advising you to opt out at this time. And it was happening during the course of the actual season if they had a little bit of a bout with it. Every athlete deals with it differently. Um, so in, in terms of potential suitors, do you think the Islanders in Boston maybe at this time might be a better – uh, they might have better resources to acquire a guy like a Hall or a Palmieri than the Oilers do at this stage? I do. I think when you look at the totality, the environment, in terms of where the Oilers are at and their cap position, potential assets that they could move, that they clearly would be behind those two clubs. And I do feel like either the Islanders or Boston are trying to get that done right now. I feel like the price is a little rich, uh, but I do believe that'll come down in this year more than any, and this will apply to, to Ken Holland and every other GM out there that has a wish list that just maybe, somehow maybe, they could move their cap space around. I mean, the Oilers, how long can you live off of cleft bombs, <laughs> LTR? Right. Um, but but you have a wish list, and it's a 10-percenter, you throw it out there and you let a team know if you're stuck, call me in the last 15 minutes before the deadline closes. I think there's a lot of teams that are talking about that last night because this market is still undetermined. I think it's a 
seller's market. A lot of teams have been putting out it's a buyer's market, and yet nobody's buying. Hmm. So it's I think it's unwritten as to what it really is. We'll find that out. But you want to have offers out on guys that are just, would you, if you get stuck. This is how Robin Lehner moved last year at the 11th hour to Vegas from Chicago. Nobody thought he would go for that. The ask was much higher. So I think it's incumbent on all the managements out there to make sure you've got staff in place that can handle this at the very, very last minute if you have to. And I think that's kind of that's kind of the philosophy I think the Oilers are going to have to take. I don't see them being super active if you, you know, even the little deals. And I don't mean little to belittle anyone, but the smaller deals in terms of adding players, a little bit or a lot of that market share has been gobbled up already because teams are carrying 26, 27, 28, 29 players. That is, those are your depth moves. So I think that's eaten up some of the market as well because um, when you talk to teams, there, there's a lot of strife going on as people are trying to manage that, and then they're trying to add the last piece in in terms of if I actually add a meaningful player, what does that mean for me come expansion draft time? Yeah, so it's absolutely. definitely going to be a complicated deadline, Bob. Yeah, there's no quite. Another thing is it's it's a, it's not a traditional deadline because there's no fans. Like it, it, there's some managers that would sit there and say, "Well, I got to get you know what? I can get my owner three home dates." You know, that could be for some franchises that's a net profit of ten million, twelve million dollars. Uh, I, I I might be able to go two rounds with this team. So let's go add a couple pieces here. Maybe I will give up some assets, but when there's you know, in Canada there's no fans in the stands, maybe that changes the complexion for organizations as well, Brian. Uh, it absolutely is a part of the equation. It doesn't get talked about very much because people don't like to turn talk in those terms. When you're running a sports franchise, fans don't want to hear that. They just want to hear you want to win. But in a normal year, you could certainly look at a guy like Terrell Hall making $8 million. If you could fit it in, it will cost you $2 million if you took his full cap hit, roughly, a little bit less than that. That's not small change, but if you can look an owner in the eye and say, you know what, that's going to give us this much higher percentage chance to win another round, a lot of people will green light it. This year, you can't do that, and that is changing things as well. We're joined by Brian Lawton. Brian, uh, you were the guy that broke t- – you basically broke – you and Darren Drager were the two guys all over Tyson Berry last year signing with Edmonton, and right away you said this was going to be a great fit. You headed up Octagon's agency for years. I don't know what kind of relationship you have with Darren Ferris. If you were recomm- if you were counseling Darren Ferris and Taylor Hall, would you look for a similar scenario for Taylor in terms of maybe making a short-term bet on yourself like Tyson Berry did this year? You know, maybe if you're a left wing going to an organization that, oh, I don't know, has two Hart Trophy winners at center, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Like, are those the sort of things that guys should be looking at? Maybe not so much the, you know, what's the, what's the baseline dollar, but maybe the fit and how it can drive numbers long-term? Uh, First of all, I like Darren Ferris, and I get along well with him, but it's hard for me not to be critical of his decision last year. Now, I don't have all the facts. Right. But I would have much rather. This year will be similar to last year in terms of there's a lot of uncertainty. 
And I would have rather seen Taylor take this bet last year rather than this year as he's a year older. But it would have been easy for me to rationalize with a client. Just do, and we wouldn't know this at the time, but utilize the same strategy that Tyson Berry did. I don't know if Tyson Berry's going to stay in Edmonton. Nobody knows that. But I do know that he's put himself in a really great position to figure out where he wants to stay by picking a team that's going to afford him an opportunity that is right in his wheelhouse. And also going to that team and saying, I want this opportunity so bad, I will take less money, and I'm not going to give you a nod or a wink. It's actually true. I will take less money to play for your club. And in return, you will give me an opportunity, and I believe I can deliver. It's exactly what's happened. It was a brilliant move for Tyson. In Taylor's case, I think he's going to end up having to make that decision this year. He should have made it last year. We're joined by Brian Lawton from the NHL Network for Mattress Superstore. Former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning started up Octagon's hockey agency, number one overall pick, NHL draft. All right. Um, last night, Ryan Mc- so, so Ken Holland came on the show yesterday, Brian, and basically said, we're in LTIR, uh, money in, money out, and we don't have a lot of draft capital to trade because they traded away a couple picks, as we know, the year before for Athens CU. Uh, where they thought they were probably going to end up having an $88 million cap, not an $81.5 million cap, gave up two number twos. Obviously, that trade has been uh, certainly much criticized in the Edmonton market here based on how it's turned out. So we know the Oilers don't have they don't have wiggle room, and they don't have a lot of assets that they personally want to move because they don't want to trade Boucher. They don't want to trade Brober. So ways you can give your team juice one of the ways is through organic growth. Uh, Ken was very deliberate when talking about his young prospects like Orion McLeod. I sense at times you might have a little bit different approach with a Bouchard and potentially a McLeod and maybe integrating them into the lineup by the time we get to the playoffs. Yeah, I'm, I'm more a believer. You know, we all have our experiences, and Ken's experiences are much deeper much more tried and true than mine. You have to just call it the way it is. 25 years in Detroit uh, with their record of managing players the way he did has been very, very successful for him, and that's what he knows. I was in Tampa, on the other hand, and trying to filter young players in as quickly as possible because that was the future. And, you know, that meant... You know, and they were high-end players, but it wasn't just Stamkos and Hedman. There were other guys that it worked for and it didn't work for. I do think that the league is different now. It's not like it used to be. Players are more prepared. So maybe what worked 15 or 20 years ago in terms of young players um, doesn't work exactly the same today. And that's really the challenge that Ken has to determine the right path on Edmonton has a history of, you know, in the last probably five to seven years of forcing a lot of young guys in that maybe weren't ready and they didn't win. And now they're definitely not forcing all their young guys in, but they are winning. And that's a real debate. That's a real debate that you can rest assured Ken is having with his staff and his coach. Cause that should go on not weekly, but it's something you talk about. So, Yes, I do feel differently for those reasons. For me, I think there's players that would be better served coming up and playing now that could help the Oilers still this year. 
but that's a philosophical decision for the GM, and I cannot fault Ken Holland. He just stands on a very, very high piece of ground with his background. So in my opinion, they don't have a second-pairing left shot D right now. They got a couple guys that could like Russell, Lagason, Jones. Those guys are unfortunately Jones hasn't grabbed it, and that's where I look to Bouchard and say, you know, maybe after the twelfth, when you can just put them on the roster permanently, maybe you just run with them for a while. What do you think? Yeah, I mean they have they, they have all kinds of problems right now. I mean I, I follow their roster very closely, and I'd be shocked if you don't see more jockeying going on just in the short term here, even to try to maybe get something done at the deadline, even if it's not big. But um, my thoughts on Evan are pretty clear. I follow that situation very closely. He's clearly the number four right D. There's been a real pushback, you know, to move guys out of their slots. I have no doubt if one of the three right D ahead of him gets injured tonight, Evan Bouchard will be playing immediately. But I do know it's frustrated a lot of people in that market that want to see him because he does have a high ceiling. I get it. Uh, At the same time, I do my research, and I really feel strongly that there's nothing more in it than just what I'm saying there. And there is a real discipline to stick with guys in their right position, especially young players. And I cannot fault certainly uh, the management or the coach for that. But if you asked me what my thoughts are on development, I'd say a guy like him absolutely could benefit and help you still this year by getting in games, rise your level in the playoffs. I like Edmonton. I like the year they've had, Bob. I'll, I'll be completely transparent. But the way they're currently constructed, how far can they go on in the playoffs on the backs of two superstar players? I'm not as optimistic as maybe the average fan is in Edmonton. Well, you had the Oilers making the playoffs at the start of the year, so you thought they'd be a top-four team. And I'd say right now, based upon Edmonton's record against Toronto and Montreal, that's, you know, Winnipeg, they're 4-2. and two. Winnipeg's the one team that plays a little bit open, more open. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm mentioning, I, I think your comments are fair. And that's why I'm mentioning getting a, a, a couple different ingredients in organically. And the other one for me, would be a guy like McLeod that's big and can, like he's six. He doesn't play huge, but he's six foot three. He can skate. He's got some skill. And he, I mean, the other thing is he's fast. I mean, we talked about Holloway. That's not an option. He's got a broken thumb, which brings us to McLeod, who's taken a wonderful step forward so far through uh, the start of the year in the minors. Just a different dimension because I'm like you, Brian. I'm not sure in the current construct of the team if they're going to be able to go and win a seven-game series against Montreal and Toronto. I think that's fair. I I absolutely agree. I just always, you know, I don't want you to throw me off your show. I'd be heartbroken. (laughs) That's not going to happen. (laughs) People like, you know what? In this market, people can handle honesty. They can. They know where the. T- I honestly, I honestly believe that about Canadian markets, Bob. I truly do. If you give them the truth, they can handle it. If you don't, it's a disaster. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, final one for you for today. Did you have any humorous stories about having to play? Uh, they're playing at three o'clock Edmonton time, so it's a couple hours earlier than normal out east. Did you like playing day games? Did you hate playing day games? Loved playing day games. 
I absolutely loved it. And, you know, I heard somebody talking about this morning as they were talking about this game and how different it is. And uh, you know what? It's so monotonous at times to play in the NHL. I didn't play a ton of games, but I did it 500 times in my career plus. And uh, I just love to mix it up a little bit, to wake up at a different time, to not you're, – you're so regimented in the NHL that not only did I love it, I've never studied it, but I'm certain I perform much better in afternoon games. So it's not a big sample size, but I just feel like I always played well in those games, and they gave me just a little bit of extra juice. I just I just thought it was a blast. The meal was different. Uh, you know, you, you had a full day. Everything just felt different, and I welcomed it. I couldn't wait to look at the schedule and see how many afternoon games were we going to have. Brian, love having you on the show. Thank you for your time. We'll touch base maybe a couple times next week if we can uh, make it work, okay? Absolutely. Love to do it. There you go. That's Brian Lawton for the NHL Network. Brought to you Wednesdays by Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Uh, we will tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roost Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Back in two minutes time with the Oilers Now Injury Report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. I'll tell you, Ottawa Senators head coach G.J. Smith ended both the junior careers of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl as the head coach of the Oshawa Generals. Knocked Connor out in the OHL final back in 2015, beat Leon in the uh, Memorial Cup final in 2015. But uh, those two guys are getting them back this year. 17 points for dry saddle, 16 for McDavid in the seven games played so far. Off to the Oilers now injury report. Brought to you daily by James H. Brown injury lawyers, Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang, and James H. Brown. They donate $100 for every Oilers goal scored this season to 630 Jets, Santa's Anonymous. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Here's Brandon Escott. Okay, Oilers are clean, aside from Oscar Kleffbaum and Slater Cuckoo. Talked about Kid Branson away from the Senators right now as they just gave birth to another child. Colin White, day-to-day on the injured list with an upper body issue. Austin Watson, week-to-week, he's got a fractured hand. Derek Steppen out for the year following shoulder surgery. Michael Haley also done for the year with a groin. And you talked about Shane Pinto and Jacob Bernard-Docker currently clearing COVID protocol. Other than that, I mean the, the Canucks situation, it just goes from bad to worse every time uh, you get another update. I believe they're up to over 21 active players uh, between the taxi squad and the active roster, Bob, and four staff members, as I understand it just, now. And uh, you talked about Boone Jenner as well, uh, out for the season. We just had crossed the wire, right? There we go. Just came across right now. Yeah, they lost Riley Nash before that. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen. Back with David Staples, Cult of Hockey. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon 
on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.